Gone all custom of exercises, and indeed, it goes so heavily with my disposition that this goodly frame the earth seems to me a sterile promontory. This most excellent canopy the air, look you, this brave overhanging firmament, this majestical roof fretted with golden fire, why it appeareth no other thing to me than a foul and pestilent congregation of vapors. What a piece of work is man, how noble in reason, how infinite in faculty. In form and moving, how express and admirable. In action, how like an angel. In apprehension, how like a god. The beauty of the world. The paragon of animals. And yet to me, what is this quintessence of dust? Man delights not me. No, no woman neither. Hey guys, it's me, Hamlet. <laughs> that was a weird opening. Um, my name is Alex, and... I'm the host of the Alex... Oh, sorry. My name is Hamlet, and I'm the host of the Hamlet cast. Ham cast. Hamlet cast. Whatever. <sighs> Alas, poor podcast. I knew it well. Horatio. I'm going to stop doing Shakespeare stuff. You may have noticed that I opened the show with a quote from Wilhelm Shakespeare from the play Hamlet which you may know is, of course, a female pig. Here's a little insight into my life. So I was downloading audiobooks last week in an attempt to find something to listen to that isn't a podcast. And by the way, if you go to alexcast.com, click the Audible link, you can get a free audiobook. I didn't mean this as a plug. I just wanted to say that because you can click it and sign up, you get a free audiobook. Uh, etc. And I get money. But, um, so I was looking for something. So I got some Shakespeare dramatic readings, audio only dramatic readings. And I was listening to Hamlet. And I was like, oh, this is interesting. And I don't think I really, I don't think I ever really kind of, um, understood what the attraction to that character was. And, so I was really trying to think about it. So I, I was looking at like the monologues and all the, uh, what would you say, the important scenes, the pertinent quotes, the potent potables. And um, I was like, oh, you know, I kind of get that. And it was weird because it reminded me of Baudelaire, that um, that spleen poem, which I've talked about on the show before, the um, where I am become king of a rainy and whatever land, um, if you remember that. If not, look up... Uh, uh, Charles Baudelaire from Le Fleur de Mont. Uh, I think it's I think it's one of the ones called Spleen. There's a bunch of them called weird names, but anyway, it's the one where, where I was once a king of a rainy land. Or I think that's the way it goes. Well, maybe we can look it up. Hold on, hold on, guys. Look at my show prep. We're gonna get to this in a second because I'm gonna talk about show prep shortly. Baudelaire, um, when 
once I was a king. Let's see what that comes up. Uh, oh, it is from Spleen. Let's see. Um, uh, I am like the king of a rainy country, rich yet powerless, young yet feeling wintry, no longer flattered by the obsequious bow, bored by my dogs and every other creature now. Nothing brightens my day, nor the hunt, not falconry, not the dying people below my balcony. My fool's grotesque belating does not distract me from my malady. This is... Oh, it's balcony malady. I've got the rhyming scheme. Anyway, uh, carve a fleur de lis, my bed is a tomb, while sequestered ladies who think every prince a bloom hope by their impudent dress to make me their own. They will never coax a mouse out of this young skeleton. Shall we turn to those who claim, who claim they turn lead to gold, and though they... Oh, shall we turn to those who claim they turn lead to gold, though they and we remain the living dead? I bathe in the baths of blood the Romans brought us, back in the days of great power and purpose. Even they cannot warm this day's cadaver, slipping into the place where salt has lost its... Ugh. This, I don't like this translation in the slightest. Um... You know, it's weird that I've actually talked, the last time I talked about this bulb, I actually found a different, I found a translation I didn't like either. Anyway, uh, just remind me of uh, somebody that has, uh, you know, it's got the world on a string sitting on a rainbow, but uh, that string wrapped around his finger, what a world, what a life. But there's no you and I. There's no happy thing. So I was like, oh, wow, Hamlet. I think I finally got it. And then uh, also, uh, the to uh, further the point, I, um... I really didn't like the play all that much. It's good, but there's a lot of... I should put it this way. The whole ghost part of it is a little weird. Um, yeah, I'll just leave it there, because this isn't like a literary criticism course. This is the Hamlet cast. Podcast of Denmark. Hamlet Podcast of Denmark. That's exactly what this is called. Fantastic. Anyway, so I was uh, I, I printed out a couple of the monologues from Hamlet at work on Friday. Uh, today is Saturday, recording the Saturday cast, because uh, last week I had uh, three and a half people cancel on me. So how awesome is that? Very tough to keep uh, the show going when people keep canceling. Fuck them. One of those people, however, where it. Because they listen, uh, uh, Steph, who, who, uh, whom, who, who, whom, whom, therefore, what now, uh, she canceled, but she's not in that number, uh, just in case she's listening, because I don't want to include her there, because she gave me, uh, a prior warning, uh, uh, that this may be a thing that could happen, and then gave me, like, the second she found out, she told me, so, uh, completely acceptable, and she's not included in the annoyed with, uh, column, but, well, there's a little preview for another episode soon. Steph shall be returning, possibly bringing a friend. Hmm. Is that whetting your appetite? Are you finding yourself curious? Well, you should be, because it's going to be a corker. Anyway, so I printed stuff out, and uh, I threw it on my kind of catch-all table that uh, sits next to the coat rack where I keep my backpack. Uh, rucksack for you English people. And uh, I was looking for it to do the show today because I woke up, it is uh, 5.15 p.m. I woke up at um, like 10 a.m. today 
and I fucked around for a bit. I watched some hockey. New York Rangers won against the Washington Capitals. And then I took another nap. No, I took a nap. And then uh, I watched some TV. And basically, I've been fucking around doing nothing till five, which I I should have had my day day. I was going to record the show. I decided I'm recording the audiobook for Periphery. And the way I'm doing it is not going to be an audiobook. I'm going to record a short, in, I'm going to do installments and put it on the Alex Cast feed so you guys can hear the book. And if you don't want to download those episodes, you don't have to. And then when it's done and all finished, I'm going to compile it into like an audiobook that's downloadable, et cetera, that thing. But anyway, so today I was going to do a whole bunch of that. I had uh, I purchased some caffeinated beverages. I was geared up to go. So I managed to, by 5 fucking 16 p.m., get this thing to go. Um, well, yeah. So I was looking at the catch-all table next to the coat rack where I keep my backpack, rucksack for you people in England. <laughs> and uh, it is just a mess. There's just a pile of random shit there. Uh, so I'm looking I'm looking for the printout of Hamlet. So I just want to go over the pile of shit I found. And there's a lot more there, but I just grabbed the papers to just kind of give you an insight into my life. Uh, so the, the, the top of the pile, uh, in no particular order is a crumpled up, um, copy of a court, uh, writ, uh, from the <laughs> district of Oregon. Uh, nothing serious. Under that is, uh, a printout for a short course in scrying by Benjamin Rowe, which teaches us how to use scrying to tell the future and the past. Please let me read a random paragraph. Until your magical space is well-established, you should begin every session by affirming its vulnerability, invulnerability, excuse me, I don't want to make this sound stupid. Imagine that your space is invisible to any being but yourself and is impenetrable by any force or person without your express conscious permission. Think up an image of your space's boundaries that reflect, yeah, you get the point. Anyway, so, uh, course and scrying. Underneath that, I have... A receipt for one extra-large Fruit of the Looms heavy cotton t-shirt. Let me tell you, extra-large Fruit of the Loom shirts are not extra-large. In fact, they are smaller than the large shirts by Hanes, which I purchased, which because I fit a large in Hanes, just to tell you boring things later. So, so far we have scrying, we have a writ from a court, and we have a Hanes thing, and we have the guide to the Hermetic Tarot, uh, sitting right there on top of that. And a uh, underneath there, a receipt from a shoe store uh, purchasing shoe repair supplies. Underneath that is a prescription uh, that I got about a year ago, judging by the, um, the uh, label on there. And then underneath that, <clears throat> a printout from walmart.com uh, telling me uh, how to pick up the items in store because I didn't have them shipped to me. <clears throat> I thought that pile of garbage there, not so much garbage, uh, that pile of Alex Kana, can you say that? Like Americana, but Alex? Yeah, I guess you can't, because that was stupid. And I hear you guys at home turning off your radios, which is weird, because I don't know why you'd be listening to a podcast on a radio. Aren't you going to take a sip of water? Some good water. Yeah, kind of an insight into my life, uh court documents and just random piles of shit. Bunch of AlexCast stickers there. Which, by the way, email alexcast at gmail.com if you want an AlexCast sticker. Free! As in water. Um, I will uh, give you one. Or many, if you want. 
because I got stickers for you guys. That's it. There's no, there's no hitch. It's free. Unless you live somewhere like super far away. Um, I've emailed a couple to Canada so far and Canada, I can still send for free. So, uh, Canada, we're good. Uh, cause it was like, I don't know, 50 cents or 60. It was fucking cheap as shit to send to Canada. So, um, we're, t- I'm, I'm totally okay. Send it to Canada. Uh, so it'll still be free. I don't know about Europe though. So maybe Europe, you might have to PayPal me a dollar or something or a pound or a cricket wobble or a, or a festoon. Or what, what, I don't know what kind of fucking wacky money you have there. I mean, I do. It's a pound. And then the euro. And all the rest of it was me just over-exaggerating. So, yeah, that, that's my pile of shit. That didn't really go anywhere. I was hoping... <clears throat> to tell you the truth, when I was going through that pile, I thought this was a lot more amusing. And uh, it wasn't. I mean, maybe it is. I don't know. It's hard to tell. But <clears throat> that Walmart thing's fun. Uh, last weekend... I, I went, if you follow me on Instagram, uh, Alex Cast on Instagram, um, also, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I think Instagram goes to my Facebook, facebook.com slash Alex Cast and Facebook, uh, twitter.com, it's, uh, the Alex Cast, and I think they all kind of, uh, populate each other, I'm not really sure though, I have to turn that off, to tell you the truth, that's gotta be annoying, but anyway, uh, you may have seen on Instagram, I was, I was, uh, Documenting is the word that people use when they want to say things out loud. Uh, documenting my trip to Walmart. And um, let me tell you, one of the ways that you can make yourself feel like shit in, in the world, it's this. Let's take a bus, because you don't have money to own a car. Take a bus to Walmart. It's... I'm not saying it's, it's, uh, I'm not saying that it's the lowest you can get. There's a lot worse things that can happen, but it does put any kind of self-esteem that you had building up into perspective, that perspective being shattered. I was, so in Portland, where I live, Portland, O-R period, in America, U period, S period, A, maybe another period, I don't know. The Walmart exists on uh, 82nd Avenue, which is historically where Portland turns to shit. That is where you will see mm, uh, hotels, uh, motels, I should say, with um, with uh, hourly rates uh, and weekly rate rates as that at that. Um, you'll see uh, uh, streetwalkers you know, walking the street. Uh, uh, Peddling their wares, their wares being their vagina, their mouth, and their dignity. Um, you can find drug dealers, and that's where uh, the, a lot of pornography stores uh, are there. Um, and Walmarts, and lots of Asian shops. And not to say that any of these things are particularly bad uh, on their own, but I'm just trying to paint a picture of that part of Portland. So, I'm taking a bus from my part of Portland where it's uh, people in skinny jeans riding fixed gear bicycles with ironic mustaches. Uh, Every girl has weird hair and lots of tattoos to Walmart, where miraculously Portland uh, turns into everywhere in the country because all of a sudden the, the, the median weight uh, starts moving upwards, trending upwards. Um, The, the uh, average mullet count starts uh, also trending upwards. 
I was sitting on the bus behind a man in a black leather jacket with probably six to eight inch fringe lining both arms. And I thought, this is perfect. I will sit behind this man and go to Walmart on a bus. Fringe Jacket and I get out at the same stop on 82nd. I thought, perfect. This is the this is the way that my life should go. I should be on a path with this man. So we get out and uh, I start walking towards the Walmart. It is, I don't know, like a, I couldn't tell you how far away it is. Like a, a mile, maybe? Maybe less than a mile. I mean, not, not, not particularly far, you know, a reasonably short walk. But uh, 82nd, as I've described, it's, it's various wonders to you. Not exactly, uh, no, it's pretty walker-friendly, tell you the truth. It's not, it's not that bad. It's, uh, but it's not, you know, it's certainly not the most comfortable, um, place. So I'm walking and one of the first things I see is a hotel with a, uh, there's a painted sign outside and the paint, I, you can look on my Instagram, you can see this. Um, the painted sign outside is, uh, somebody painted a unicorn on the, <clears throat> on the sign, uh, but the unicorns painted, painted as if it was, as if it were stained glass. So it had like, you know, those lines in between like the chunks of glass and in stained glass on a painted sign that's not it was very odd and it's a unicorn so you know that's kind of amazing enough that you got a unicorn as your symbol for your <laughs> motel because you know nothing sounds more comfortable than a horse with a fucking pointy thing coming out of its head come sleep at unicorn hotel we like stained glass and mythical creatures so um <clears throat> after unicorn hotel uh, I, I start to hear, uh, some screaming, um, shouting, I should say, whatever way that there's not, there's not a, there's not a danger. There's a, there, there's certainly an urgency. And, uh, so something along the lines of this is, I thought, oh, that's interesting. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. I shot! Uh, and so and I was like, oh, well, that's, that, that just turned south. Like that man's starting to get angry. So I'm walking forward and the angry shouting is, uh, increasing in loudness in temperature. If we were talking about weather, not sound. And, uh, lo and behold, I find the source of this screaming. <laughs> it sounded like Barney Gumble there, uh, was a shirtless one-armed man, uh, yelling at somebody that looked to be about 17, uh, because the 17-year-old was not handing the 40-ounce uh, of malt liquor in a bottle over to him quick enough. That was weird to watch. So, I went, oh, all right. And I continued forward uh, with a slightly uh, brisker pace, because there was a screaming one-armed man uh, with a bottle of malt liquor behind me. I hear some more screaming. This time, a lady. The lady's screaming to her friend. Her friend is across the street. Like a four-lane street. They, um... Let's just say I wouldn't be surprised if they knew where to pick up some meth. 
and we'll paint that picture. They're screaming across the street. Oh, sorry. Although they were screaming. The lady on my side was miming to her friend across the street to push the uh, walk button. So the little picture changes to a figurine of a, of a person walking, and then you are safe to transit from one side of the road to the other. She's miming that. Let's just go over this little part of the story first. Let's pretend her name's Rachel, the one on the other side of the street. So she goes, Rachel! Rachel looks over to the lady on my side of the street and goes, what? And and shrugs, you know, like with a shrugging upward motion and her hands going out uh, thusly. Uh, if you could see me, it'd be thusly. Uh, and doing a kind of motion of like, well, what do you, what would you like me to do? To which uh, lady on my side of the street goes, and, and starts pointing uh, at the button, goes, you know, pointing at the button, like the cross the walk button. And lady across the street, who I'm calling Rachel, and like, what do you want? And finally, the, my lady goes, the button. He goes, oh, and then he pushes the cross street button. This was like a 20-second exchange in which lady on my side didn't figure out that she could yell something other than Rachel and, you know, like instructions on how to push the cross the street button. This was fun to watch, and I tried not to laugh at them. The, the light turned for the left turn lane. You know, like the protected left. So you can make a left turn. There's a little green arrow that says, you know, please, you know, uh, Ollie uh, wants you to make a left turn. It's a green arrow joke because I'm a dork. But green arrow. So, but the lady on my side is like, and just she is stunned that her her button pushing gamut has not worked. Uh, She... Uh, is looking up with these wide kind of deer caught in headlights eyeballs at the, at the lights uh, flustered that she couldn't figure out why the little white walking sign happened and her friend uh, Rachel across the street is doing the same look and I'm uh, pretending to yawn so I can cover my face because I'm laughing at these idiots finally the light turned and they uh, Rachel crosses the street towards my lady my lady crosses the street towards Rachel, and they meet in the middle. And I kept walking. And I'm sorry that I didn't finish. I can't finish what happened to them, because I really would like to know, but I think it was becoming increasingly obvious that I was looking at them. But for some reason, they decided to meet in the middle of, like, a four-lane t- street after this whole discussion on how to cross. I don't... I'm not entirely sure what that was. Um, it was fantastic. I'm a better man for having watched it. But, uh, yeah, Rachel and my, uh... My other drug-abusing friend, I guess, wanted to be in the middle. Yeah. So, I'm starting to kind of get the vibe of 82nd here. And after a short amount of walking, I went, Oh, finally, I can see the parking lot where the Walmart exists. But uh, also, you can see on my Instagram, AlexCast on Instagram, uh, in, in the parking lot, there's a carnival. So, took a picture of this. I can't imagine many things more depressing in in the first world. You know, uh, that are meant to be happy. Because I can't imagine a lot of things that are more depressing. That's, that's a huge exaggeration. That was hyperbole. But as far as things designed to be happy, bringing your children to a carnival 
in the parking lot of a Walmart is pretty fucking high on the list of depressing things. So of course I took a picture and felt superior to them, even though I've just taken a bus to Walmart because I can't afford uh, a car or afford goods and services enough to not have to shop at Walmart. And uh, I walked my smugly superior white male ass into the Walmart. To it, I follow signs that say Walmart pickup area, uh, walmart.com pickup area. And I find the room, and there's a sign that says, please touch screen to call a service attendant, or whatever, it's some variant of that phrase. So I, being someone that knows how to read, push the screen, and it says, a service attendant has been summoned. So I said, bully, I didn't have to wait on any kind of line. I'm going to pick up my thing and just shuffle out of here, go maybe go on the Tilt-A-Whirl, and then head back to the part of Portland that I understand. My fixie brethren. My my hipster vegan friends. So, I'm waiting there for a few minutes, and nothing seems to be happening. So I start doing the universal, let's look around curiously to see if I can get eye contact with any of the other staff. This is not happening. Until a very, very, very ancient... Japanese man shuffles over uh, from the, his greeter position. I found out he was a greeter later uh, from reading his, his placard. And the uh, uh, okay, I'll just keep going with this because um, the uh, let's just say there was a uh, there's a lot of a lot of special people working there. And he said, "Oh, well, uh, are you waiting for online?" And I said, "Yes." I pushed the button, and he says, "Oh, I don't think that works." Now, he said it in an accent, and quite softly, but I'm not going to do that accent, because he actually seemed like a very nice man. So, he goes, hold on, I'll be right back, I'll get someone. And I'm thinking, this man is shuffling, he is very old. Like, I could just go get someone. Like, the only reason I was waiting there was because I believed in the power of the screen that says you have been summoned. There's so much to the point that why would you have a screen that says you would summon someone unless it actually summoned someone? Uh, you would, uh, if you didn't have that, have a little sign saying, please find a customer service representative and that person will help you. So the first thing I noticed was the odor. It was a, a pungent, a, a basement dwelling odor, um, a Mountain Dews drinker odor. Um, it was the, it was the, it was the odor of someone that's watched a lot of anime. And I turn, and, uh, this, this young lady comes over and says, you have something to pick up. She also had what could be described as an accent, which I will not reproduce, but let us say, she probably was not in regular classes with the rest of us. And I said yes. And she, I handed my paper over, my hand trembling, mostly because of the odor. And she said, oh, all right. And stood there. And I stood there. And she went, oh, and starts typing at the computer. 
The guy that was supposed to be running the counter then starts walking back and goes, Oh, I had a ha la 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 la, some kind of uh, over elaborate excuse. He was stuck in blah, and somebody had to blah, and the thing's in blah, and he's blah, 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 his hand got caught in a blah, you know, five dead. Um, so I'm like, Oh, cool. All right. So these are just fill ins, like uh, my old Japanese friend here and this, this lady. Uh, it, it is there okay so now i'm gonna get some proper this guy's walking fast he's saying words uh i don't have to dance around his accent at all and um he goes well what are you up to and you're like oh i i have to get uh let's call him bobby because i remember bobby his lunch bobby is the shuffling old japanese man apparently so apparently uh uh my smelly anime friend has to uh escort bobby the old Japanese man on his lunch. And so I'm sitting there feeling pretty bad. They're like, oh, well, why don't we just have uh, this young go-getter, this this fast-talking, this, this, you know, this guy's going to just fly through the corporate ladder. You know, he's going to be, he's going to be regional district manager in no time. No, apparently not. He looks at me, looks at the person helping, goes, all right, and just walks in the back room where all the stuff that you're picking up is kept. I was like, well, if you're going back there, why don't you help me? Because obviously this is not an ideal situation. For, like, you know that you, because you were saying how you're held up. So, you know, I've been here for waiting for a while. Like, why don't, why don't you? And, okay, I guess, I guess not. And um, so I, I, I'm, my smelly friend goes in the back and gets the items that I had ordered. I just got, I got some new, um, I got some new um, serving ware, or what do we call it? Dishes. And some some uh, uh, utensils. He goes, I needed them. And any place that uh, was either local, uh, to per you know, like a local store, um, or uh, someplace in downtown Portland was far, far outside my ability to pay for. So she goes, does this look right? And I thought... Well, that's an odd rubric to to give people items by. I've already paid for this online. I could say, no. The one I wanted had diamonds. Maybe, no, there's supposed to be an iPod on top of that, or an iPod, what am I, 112? We had something expensive, but I did not, because I didn't want to take advantage of this lady. Um, so I thought, yes, that is it. He said, okay, and transaction over. Then she stares at me. I stare back at her. Like, so are we good? Can I, this is, I can just take it? She goes, yeah. No, I haven't signed anything. There's no, it's just, okay. Then she stares at me and I'm like, do you have a bag that this can fit in? Because it's, it was much larger than my backpack, rucksack for you English people, uh, that it could fit in. And she said, oh, hold on. She grabs a bag that, I would say, if you're like a grandmaster, like Tetris player, like, you're one of those people that knows how to pack, that there's not a fucking nanometer left of empty space. You may have been able to fit 40% of that box into this bag. Well, she opens the bag and then starts holding it next to the box, as if by some movement, it'll fit. So my thought, of course, is, well, there has to be a bigger bag here because, you, you know, there's items of this size. I, I know this because I'm purchasing one of the items that are larger than the bag that you have on offer. 
She doesn't actually say anything. And you go, oh, yeah, I mean, that doesn't look like it's going to fit. She goes, yeah. And then we stared at each other for a little while. Okay, I get, um, so there's no more bigger bag. She's like, no, that's the biggest one I have over here. And of course, my thought was, well, could we not look somewhere that would not be defined as over here? Like, for instance, over there or over there or, you know, really anywhere. But at that point, I was thinking, well, um, it smells really bad right here. Um, Bobby, or my old agent friend, is about to go on his break anyway. I'm like, oh, no, no, all right, you know what? I'll just take it like this. And she says, okay, here, just sign this. I remember before we were asked when we, okay. So I signed it and, and, and I left. So now I've got this big fucking box. I was like, oh, well, this is uncomfortable because I, as you heard before, I was taking a bus. Uh, so in Portland, we have a thing called car to go. There, there are uh, a bunch of, bunch of uh, cities in the country have it. There are these little tiny smart cars that you can rent uh, essentially on demand, I guess, on the, by the, by the minute is what it works. So basically you grab a car, there's a app says where they are laying around. You pick one up and then you just leave it where you, where you're going to, um, you know, just wherever, you know, so like, all right, I'm going to 82nd. I could drive my car, my smart car there, leave it somewhere in 82nd. And then it's no longer my responsibility. Somebody else can rent it. Now I didn't take it there because, uh, driving that far in those would be rather expensive. Um, the whole point of going to the Walmart, shipping it there was to save on shipping fees. So I had to get one of those uh, back, which was good that it existed because I really didn't want to be the guy on the bus taking uh, new flatware from the Walmart back home because I don't have a lot of self-esteem. I don't. I know it's probably shocking for the people that have listened for a while, but yeah, I'm not exactly the most, you know, get up and go, I believe in me kind of fella. But I think if I was taking home new new flatware, new dinnerware on a bus uh, home from Walmart, after walking a mile holding it down 82nd past a painted stained glass unicorn and a one-armed man yelling to a yonder age man about the 40 of malt liquor. I don't know that I could have survived that. I, th- I think I would have just said, you know what? You know what? This- it was a good run. It was, um, I, I, I put in the effort, you know, I really did try. Um, but I don't know that I could survive past this. I don't know that I could live after that ride home. That I would have to really be sitting there on uh, on a bus with a large box of newly purchased flatware from Walmart on my lap. And just contemplate whether it's worth going on. Uh, you know, that is it... I mean, is it nobler in my mind to suffer those slings and arrows of outrageous store clerks or, you know, just die to sleep. No more. See what I did there? I turned a store in Walmart to another scene in Hamlet. <laughs> this is the Hamlet cast. Huh. Anyway, um, I like my new plates, though. Now that they're home, they're good. They're black. Um, which I'm slightly embarrassed by them being black, but the reason that they're black is that, uh, it was on like, we don't sell these anymore kind of part of the website, whatever that's called, um, you know, discounted, but it wasn't used. It was just, uh, discontinued. 
I need both those words worked discounted and discontinued and uh etc but i like them uh new forks and knives very nice so now i have matching dishes which weirdly enough does actually make me feel a little bit more like a grown-up um so now i'm a grown-up that quotes hamlet on his podcast that no one listens to welcome to the hamlet cast so yeah that was that oh so uh on that note please go to facebook.com slash the standard pdx pdx is a short form of portland if you go there i would be happy try to click a like because they sponsor this show and i like when people give me money for something i was doing anyway in this case i'm literally after this show going to the standard because I want to see another human being before uh, I start talking to myself in a basement apartment and quoting <laughs> 14 Northeast 22nd is where you can find them. <clears throat> Pardon me. I, I'm parched. Obviously I need large amounts of alcohol as a social lubricant because shut up, Alex 14 Northeast 22nd in Portland, Oregon. Now check this shit out. On Thursday nights, if you have an Oregon ID, that being an identification card, happy hour lasts all fucking night. What does that mean for you? I don't know, because I'm never there during happy hour, but I know it's cheaper. It's like a buck off a drink, I guess, and uh, other stuff. I, I truly don't know, and I'm sorry for that. Wednesday nights, it's still Dollar Ham's night. But Alex, you say still? I do say still because... Well, because uh, I don't know if I can... I don't know if I can get through this, but... Uh, something bad happened at the Standard recently, and uh, I think we really need your help to, to move through this. Uh, a friend of the show... Um, a friend of, uh, friend of the bar. Someone that, uh, someone. So impersonal, so inaccurate. An institution, that place is gone. Sunday nights aren't $2 microbrews anymore. <laughs> I can't fucking believe it. It feels like yesterday I came in there and I saw that $2 and I, I finally felt joy for once in my bullshit life. That I finally could feel like I was part of something bigger, something better, something that cost $2. Like that John Cusack movie and that kid on the bicycle, but no. You sons of fucks had to take it away. You killed it. You killed the one thing that gave me joy. But it's $3 microbrews now. So, you know, nothing to worry about with that. Uh, it's still incredibly cheap. Uh, I think, you know, $3 for a fucking 16 ounce uh, fresh from the tap local microbrew is... You can't get cheaper than that. Uh, in fact... 
uh, the $2 micro rebate. If you remember the previous, I actually was, I got so hard into that fake crying, I actually teared up a little bit. That was kind of awesome. Look at me being method. Um, that uh, I've actually thought, and I've said it on previous ads for the standard, man, um, $2 is like, not, like I, they can't make money there. Like I've, I've previously been confused by the business model of there's no fucking way you can, anyway, so it's $3 micro nights. But to offset that, uh, me and Reed, the owner, we got together, we sat down, we worked on this deal just for Alex Cast fans and everybody else that goes there because he, I had nothing to do with this uh, and I didn't sit down to talk to him. But the return of Monopolova Mondays, Monopolova Vodka is now $4 on Mondays, which is fantastic. So get yourself a nice big ass of vodka soda, uh, which is what I like to drink. And uh, you can get it with good uh, potato-based vodka. None of that uh, bullshit corn vodka or wheat vodka or whatever the other stuff is. I, shut up. The point is, it's fantastic. $4 for Monopolova on a Monday. And that'll bring back Alex singing Just Another Mono Monday uh, every fucking week uh, for a while. So look forward to that. Anyway, facebook.com slash PDX or find them in real life, 14 Northeast 22nd. Actually, just find them in real life. That's the important part. Um, yeah, cool. That was fun. Fake crying on the show. I did a bunch of show prep today. Uh, let's... Okay, this is... So this leads into something out. This is the oldest song in the world. I've played this on the show before, but let's just... I'm going to play this to catch everybody up. Uh, let's do that. So this is uh, from the 14th century BCE. They found these... Um, uh, clay tablets from Ugarit, um, uh, which I guess is, what, what was that, Sumerian? Yeah, Sumerian. And it sounds like, it sounds like, uh, you're running in an 8-bit Nintendo game. Well, I mean, I guess because they're playing on a mini keyboard. Anyway, so that's the oldest song. We played this. We've played that on the show before. But uh, the site I found that on. Um, that's okay. Yeah, I get it. All right, Jesus Christ, fucking pushy Assyrians, or whatever. I just decided. Um, that same site, OpenCulture.com. Uh, I found a this thing from uh, yesterday. Uh, this is uh, Sikilos Epitaph. This is um, the uh, the oldest complete song in the world. And, uh, let's see. The oldest known complete musical composition. That is to say, a song our 21st century selves can still play and hear in its intended entirety, more or less as the ancient Greeks who lived during the first century or thereabouts era of its composition. Uh, the code's epitaph survivals, blah, 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 whatever. Let's just play the song.
we're gonna do a little on-the-fly production here by fading out. Fading out. Look at me doing stuff. Uh, I'll let the whole song at the end of the episode possibly. Maybe not. Uh -huh. But I'll definitely put the link up as I do every week because I care for you. I love you. And um, I want you to be happy. And by you being happy is I want you to click on stuff. But I think it's kind of cool. I mean, this is from, what did I just say? First century, was it PC? Wait, what did I just say? Oh, Alex. Why do you not remember things? Oh, lived in first century or thereabouts. Wait, huh? It says the ancient Greeks who lived during the first century or thereabouts. Well, that, that doesn't help me. Does the first century mean A.D.? Or CE, whatever you want. Eh, whatever. Let's just pretend it means CE. I don't care. I think it's pretty cool. It sounds like any kind of music you'd hear while getting a massage or acupuncture or something. Um, yeah, just, it's fucking, there's a certain, um, I want to say, there's no way to say this without sounding like an absolute tool, but uh, for me, there's a certain connectivity I feel to the past when you have something like that, because it is something so, so very familiar um, that a musical composition, it sounds like something that could be around today. And I think a lot of the times that we take the past to be something that happened to like almost another species, like, you know, picture for you guys, like picture ancient Greece or ancient Rome in your head. And like, you know, the, the think about the players in therein, like not, not just, you know, Julius Caesar, or Alexander, or anything like that. Like, think of, you know, Quintus Etuplis. Like, he's the fifth son of somebody in, like, the cheap part of Rome. You know, and just, there's no reference point to him in history. You know, um, think of, you know, just any random person on the street. And they lived full lives. You know, they they were born, they, they liked music. You know, they probably learned how to build things. They played as a child. They fell in love. Maybe they had kids and, you know, crest forward. And kind of to contextualize that is to hear what good music would be like to them, like what the sounds of that time would be, I think is really interesting. And it just, to me, it puts a point on it that it's not all uh, epic battles or, or uh, fantastic speeches or, or, you know, historical moments. There are just songs, you know, there are random nameless people that existed in the random nameless streets and random nameless past. And I just, it, to me, it makes, it turns this picture of like ancient Greece or ancient Rome from this, you know, you picture like in my head, I picture ancient Rome. I still picture it as like, it's it, like the ruins you see now where it's like, no, that shit was pristine at the time, you know? And around it were these ramshackle apartment buildings that were like wood and shitty and everything must have smelled horrible and was loud and terrible. And it's kind of amazing. And to hear songs from that era kind of brings that to life a little bit, which again, I said, there's no way to say this without sounding like a tool, but it does to me, you know, that, that, it gives you that day in the life thing of like, these actually were regular people. Like you could have like grabbing a time machine, you could have snatched up an ancient Athenian, you know, some five-year-old, which I'm not saying for the time machine pederasts out there. I'm not saying you should do this. I'm not condoning child theft, child rape or time machine theft or time machine rape. You Okay. Morlocks. Maybe I'm not, the point is in a world where, you know, let's you grab somebody like right before, uh, Vesuvius was going to explode, so, you know, uh, no one's going to miss them. 
and there's too young to remember stuff. Bring him to the future. That would just be like a regular dude. Like you would just meet him and be like, hey, that guy looks like he's, you know, from Greece. That's it. And then like, cause these are like the same people as us. And maybe I'm just dumb that it takes me so much effort to connect to our common past or common ancestry. But I don't know. I just hear that stuff. It makes me think of, instead of thinking of giant battles and, and historical reenactments, it makes me think of, you know, uh, I don't know, of the smell of bread baking or, or meat on a spigot. Spigot's not what a spit. Spigot is like a fountain, right? Like meat on a spit. Like it, it I don't know. It just contextualizes it. So, uh, I'm kind of a dork. I mean, we all know this, so I don't know why you're questioning me in the invisible, strange world that uh, we are living in right now. I don't know where I'm going. Um, here is another thing that I think I think really contextualizes again uh, humanity, and I think you're going to like this. Sounds like mad science research. Oh, no, let's get to the good part. Here we are. Oh, Jesus. I'll keep going. Where the hell's the actual part? To this, only did Gibbon's voice brought out some subtlety. Their new voice is controlling only trick. Evolutionary adaptation. What's more, Gibbon's acts that's annoying. Well, anyway. Um, wow. I wish that didn't happen. Where the fuck was the... Oh, well, I'll put the link up. That's unfortunate. Um, Gibbons on helium singing like opera stars. Researchers, record, researchers recorded Gibbons singing after breathing helium and found they have vocal control on par with trained opera singers. Um, though, I didn't see the spot where they were actually singing in this clip. This is fucking ridiculous. Wait, let's... Let's see if we can find it. To communicate with each other that soprano singers use during an opera. And now they're going to start charging for shows. <laughs> White handed Gibbons are already accomplished vocalists. Their loud calls help them communicate with each other and can be heard from over a mile away. The scientists weren't sure how the singing apes make their trademark sound. According to Wired, researchers wanted to know whether Gibbons could control their vocal cords and vocal tracks separately, a technique thought to be unique to humans. So to test it, they had a Gibbon breathe helium. Changing its call from this to this. Not only did Gibbon's voice get a little squeakier, the high pitch brought out some subtleties in the sound. The BBC reports scientists found the Gibbons were able to adapt to their new voice and maintain the same loud tone, which they did by precisely controlling the shape of their vocal track. All right, so that ability means shut up. This is the worst fucking link ever. And I'm sorry for that, but I did a lot of show prep today. I grabbed a pile of shit from a table. I found a couple links, but uh, the one I originally saw was a much better video. But I'm going to put this link because they have links to other shit. Uh, this is science dump. But anyway, yeah, apparently uh, a couple of scientists, they uh, went somewhere. They uh, tackled a few gibbons, uh, forced some helium down their throat, and found out that they have a different kind of uh, vocal control that they previously thought, thereby... I don't fucking know. But... This is what I was saying before about the ancient Greece things, is that, um, you know, uh, very closely related things that are uh, very hairy uh, used to talk and sing, much like the Greeks. See what I did there? I was comparing Greeks to monkeys because I'm racist. <laughs> racist. I'm not racist. I, I'm 
I, I think I'm part Greek, so that means I can get away with it. And I also don't know if Greeks are known to be hairy. So I don't think racism counts if you're using a, a thing that may or may not apply to them. It'd be like, oh, those miserly English. I don't know if they're supposed to be miserly, but like, you know, oh, those those fastidious Frenchmen. Like it's and it doesn't have to be, um, you know, any kind of alliteration. Alliteration. It's the word I forgot. So I'm sorry about that Gibbons thing. That was I was the the see, I found it the other day at uh at my job. Cause like, I don't really like, do a lot of work at my job sometimes, like, cause it's a dying industry. So I, I found it and downloaded, uh, uh listened to it there. And then I re-looked it up while at home. And apparently I found the absolute worst clip ever. So I'm sorry. I thought that had happened. I'm sorry that I've embarrassed the sanctity of this show. Well, moving on. Cause I show prep some more. No, I'm not going to do... Well, I mean, we're going to move on, but I'm not going to do any... What other show prep things do I have? People have asked me questions. Uh, oh, yeah. So, um, please go to uh, at the AlexCast on Twitter. And um, what is this? Hold on. Oh, no, that's something stupid. Okay, so uh, go to the AlexCast on Twitter and ask me questions or email alexcast at gmail.com. Alex is always spelled with two X's in every variety of spelling it, unless you're not referring to me, and then it's probably one X. I ask people stuff. Uh, they say, hey, uh, hey Alex, uh, 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 listening audience, what uh, what do you want me to talk about? And then every now and again, uh, two uh, or possibly three of the exact same people will ask me a question. So, for this week, question one. I'm recording this today at 6 p.m. Pacific time, so uh, you probably won't get my answer, but you'll find out if I was right. They want to know who is going to win the Pacquiao-Mayweather uh, fight that's happening tonight, the big boxing match, uh, big money match, uh, biggest biggest matchup in, uh, in a long time for boxing. Everybody's excited, everybody's going to watch. And, uh, frankly, I am... I am jazz. That's why I want to record this early, get it done, so I can sit down and watch watch some watch some of that sweet science. Watch some of that watch some of that boxing. And uh who do I think is gonna win? Well, I mean, frankly, I think uh Mayweather, he's got the defense, he's got the reach, and uh I think he's got the stamina. And I think it's gonna be Mayweather all the way. But here's the thing, Pacquiao, he has the punching power. He can knock him out if he gets in early. I think if it goes past three rounds, you gotta go Mayweather. If it ends early, gotta go Pacquiao. And that's my opinion. Um by that's my opinion, I mean I don't really know if anything I just said was true. I Googled that and then took notes from a website because <laughs> I don't even know. And to tell you the truth, those notes are in that pile that you heard me put down earlier. <laughs> and I'm trying to remember. So but I'm pretty sure I got those right. Um I think the guy that's good at defense is taller with longer arms. <laughs> so, uh, sorry about that. But I don't know how to answer a fucking boxing question. I haven't watched a boxing thing since Mike Tyson was still active. Um, so, yeah, I don't know anything about that, but I, I appreciate uh, the question. So, uh, there, it's answered. Uh, our friend Martin J. Clemens, you can find him at martinjclemens.com or at 14 writer on Twitter. He wants to know Jack the Ripper. Who was he? Do you think we'll ever know? And moreover, was it the Prince, or was he involved in a cover-up? Um, no, Prince is a guy from Minneapolis, uh, Minnesota. No, he's not from Minneapolis. He's from Minnesota, though. 
Um, oh, you know what? I think somebody else made that. Oh, yeah. Uh, that guy on Twitter that I can't think of his name. Right, let's let's plug him. You're going to follow this guy on Twitter. Uh, there he is. Uh, Nutria Atomica. N-U-T-R-I-A-A-T-O-M-I-C-A. Uh, he, he made that joke. And I, I forgot. It's not like it's a, I mean, no offense, uh, no offense, Nutria Atomica. It's not like the most like unique joke that's ever happened, but I did, I did, uh, kind of shut up, Alex. I have no interest or opinion on Jack the Ripper. Maybe not no interest, but very fucking little. Uh, I, my interest with Jack the Ripper is something along the lines of, well, I like when they use him as a reference point, uh, in TV shows. Like there was a show Whitechapel. Uh, where they, uh, there's a BBC show that, um, somebody was mimicking the, the Ripper killings and it was a BBC show. It was done relatively well. I found it amusing. And, um, uh, that wouldn't have happened without the Jack the Ripper thing, but I don't care. Uh, I don't know why it's such a big deal, why it's still remembered. Um, I, I mean, it's he, there's a guy in the 18-whatevers that killed a bunch of prostitutes. Now, I'm not saying that was right. Uh, they definitely didn't need to die and in a violent way, but there's been a lot of other fucking weird things that have happened since then. A lot of other weird murders and killers and stuff. I, I, I just, this one's strange to me. So, uh, no, I don't, I, I have no opinion on it. Uh, they, they, there was a, they found a piece of blood evidence that said it was some Polish guy pretty recently. Um, I don't know how accurate that is. I just read the headlines. Cause again, I don't really care. Uh, was it the Prince? I don't know. I don't even know what Prince you're talking about. Uh, I don't care about Jack the Ripper other than fictionalized accounts like that time that he fought, uh, Sherlock Holmes and went through time. I believe it was Malcolm McDowell. Uh, no, it wasn't. It was Malcolm McDonald. The guy that played Alex from Clockwork Orange, whatever his name is. Um, do you think we'll ever know? Uh, yeah, uh, probably not. Um. Yeah, sorry, but that's my that's my answer. It's I shouldn't say I'm not interested at all. It's there's a certain there, there's this kind of when I was younger I did read about Jack the Ripper a little bit in in that you know you go through that phase where you get interested in serial killers, uh you know and then you kill your neighbor's cat and skin it. Uh you know that last part didn't happen. <laughs> it's all jokes. I didn't kill anybody and bury them in my backyard in New Jersey. Um, but uh. Those old ones that there's no ch hope of solving, or at least very little hope of solving. So I guess I'm answering your second question is the one I'll give you a real answer to. Um, there's so little hope of solving that that I don't find it all that interesting. I like, I, I mean, I like answers to things on a certain, uh, and I know that sounds stupid, but like, you know, some people are like, oh, well, it's the, you know, it's not, it's not where you get to, it's how you get there. Uh, I mean, not really for me. I like getting places. So if there's a mystery I, that I'm interested in, I don't want it to be a mystery that's, well, it's an interesting mystery and we'll never, probably never know. Well, I'm good. I'll think about something else then. I'll, uh, I'll work on, uh, you know, uh, I can't think of other mysteries that are like recent. Black Dahlia murder. That probably didn't get solved yet, right? That's somewhat recent. Um, there was pictures, so it's got to be in the time of photography. Uh, that would be different. So I'd be more interested in that kind of, I don't even like murder stuff, but you get the idea. Um, so when it gets to the point that there's no kind of way to get conclusive evidence, I don't really find it terrifically interesting. Um, like in ancient history or whatever, they have, uh, 
but yeah, here to keep it in England, there's various uh, landing points of where uh, Caesar landed in in uh, Britain to start his campaign. Uh, and there's a bunch of different theories on that. And it seems like it's something that can never be proven. But theoretically, there could be some evidence found. So I'm mildly interested in that. If, you know, because like it could theoretically be solved. But like if, let's say, it, Britain wasn't there anymore, you know, and I like Britain. So let's not like, you know, I'm not hoping this happens. But let's say, you know, uh. A few hundred years down the line, you know, our, our society keeps going the way it is. Britain is underwater. It's it's Atlantis, except, we, you know, we have pictures of it. And, you know, uh, people are still talking about Jack the Ripper. But uh, uh, then I wouldn't care about where Caesar landed because you can't – there's no archaeological evidence going to come up. Like, you're not going to go into a submersible and then find that one, you know, so that I don't care. So that was me explaining how evidence works because – well, frankly, because I don't know why I tried to answer that one, Martin. Um, I think it's because you were nice enough to ask, and p few other people did. And that's it. Oh, hey, if you're listening to this right now, Martin J. Clemens, at Martin J., at, for, at Fortean Writer, at uh, www.martinjclemens.com, I think, I hope, because that's what I'm plugging. Um, man, let me find out his actual address. Hold on, guys. You don't have to hold on. I'm going to... I just understand that that's why I'm not saying anything that's sentence finishing words and stuff. There we are. Yeah, martinjclemens.com. Look at me knowing stuff. All I have to do is mention it about 600 times since I met him, and eventually I will remember. What am I going on about? Oh, yeah. So, as longtime listeners of the show, and short-time listeners, and, and, and first-time callers... I am not obsessed, but I'm very, very interested in the idea that humans past, uh, the human story goes a lot longer back than we have given it credit for. It, the interpretation that I've often subscribed to is ascribed to, subscribed to, don't care, that there was a Advanced civilization that was wiped out of the planet uh, during kind of the end of the last ice age. So, uh, what, 12,000 years ago or so? Um, you can call it Atlantis, Lemuria, Mu, wherever you, whatever you want to say. Uh, and uh, that's where some of the kind of anomalous structures and stories come from. The Great Flood, why ancient societies seem to be able to build really advanced shit and then stop for a while. How, you know, they're just not to get into all of it. I've seen this, and it's such an obvious thought that I'm pretty sure I didn't come up with it, and I must have read something on it previously. So, Martin, if you're listening, please tell me if you're familiar with this. I mean, anybody else, not just Martin, but it seems to be right up his alley. I was thinking that I, I'm curious if it's possible that Neanderthal uh, man, which I don't know what the evidence for them being primitive is. Is it possible that Neanderthals had the ability Ability to build, you know, when I say the lost civilization like Atlantis, I don't mean like crystals. I think it's probably like a Rome, Greece level uh, society, you know, but thousands of years before them. So 
it's you know incredibly advanced, but advanced given the context, not advanced like they had nuclear weapons and and crystals that made you see the future and become indigo children. It's you know just you know uh, regular old world advanced. Um, what's the evidence to say that Neanderthals? And I'm going to change the way I pronounce that every time. Are we're not intelligent enough to do that? Is it possible? that Neanderthal uh, civilization was actually super advanced in some parts. Like, they took the leaps that, that Homo sapiens did to get to, you know, uh, Babylonia, Syria, that kind of thing, you know, writing maths and all that stuff. Is it possible that Neanderthal were that, was that, um, which explains why the timing kind of gets a little wonky of Homo sapiens building a high culture? Could it be that that Neanderthals build a high culture? They collapsed. That's why the Neanderthals kind of went out of business, which... There's, you know, a bunch of controversy of why that happened. And then the remnant uh, Neanderthal populations interbred with humans, and that was the thing that kind of that wiped them out. And when I say humans, I mean homo sapiens. That's the thing that wiped them out. So could Atlantis, uh, the loss, whatever, the, the, the high culture from our past, could that have been simply Neanderthal culture that we have uh, – what little evidence remains that wasn't wiped out, we've mis, uh, misconstrued as homo sapiens? Um, that's my, so that was my thought. Um, yeah, I don't know how it, I, I don't know if that works, but I'd be curious to see if there's any evidence one way or the other, because it seems to be, at least in my very limited reading on it, it seems that Neanderthal has been given more and more intelligence over the course of my life, that they used to be kind of these dumb caveman hunched over idiots and now it's, you know, oh, they were just like us, et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah, that's my thought. So I don't know if that could be a thing. Who knows? Uh, maybe not. But it's something to think about. And if anybody else there knows, please email me, alexcast at gmail.com. Always spell Alex with two X's. You can find me on Twitter, at the AlexCast. You can find Facebook, facebook.com slash alexcast, alexcast.com. Uh, is there's stuff there. Click on things that you like. Go to the standard link, which is right there. Click on that. Um, if you buy shit on Amazon, click on my Amazon link. Um, I get a percentage of purchase and you don't have to pay a red goddamn cent extra. Uh, if you click on the Audible link, you will get a free audiobook. And if you cancel within, I think, 30 days, you keep the audiobook. You don't pay a red goddamn cent. And I get like 15 bucks, which would be cool because, frankly, I could use 15 bucks. Although, my lack of money did lead to that hilarious and Really long-winded and not all that funny Walmart story. So, there's that. So, anyway, those are things. Uh, email me, alexcast.gmail.com. Questions, comments, concerns. Uh, 503-468-6959 if you want to leave a voicemail. Uh, 503-468-6959 if you want to leave a voicemail. Uh, that is just about it. I'm trying to get back in the habit of, you know, crapping and remembering to say all this shit. Uh... Yeah, that seems to be about it for tonight's episode. Yeah, I think we're good. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, just email me if you want a sticker, uh, that sort of thing. Just you know, Basically, just email me your address and, uh, you know, maybe words of praise if you really want to, you know, if you want to do that, that'd be sweet. You know, it's like, hey, Alex, I really like you. You know, you have a nice voice. I'm, I'm in love with you and I'm age-appropriate and female. I live in Portland and, you know, how about we hang out some night? And then, and then... <sighs> yeah, there's no reason to even finish that thought. <laughs> this was a weird ending, man. This went fucking sideways. So, from all of us here in the Hamlet Cave, that's right, the room with the Hamlet-y door, I have been Alex, that has been no one, that has been no one, 
keep in mind, producer of no one, uh, post-production by no one, um, writing by no one, directing by no one, paid for by no one. And by no one, I mean me, because I have to do everything on this stupid fucking show. And it's not a stupid show. I think it's a great show. It's fun, enjoying, enjoyable, and I think that uh, you guys should listen and share and love. Yeah, so do that. Oh, and um, I write books, so go to alexcast.com, click on the books link, and uh, you can see the books I've written. Uh, yeah, that's, that's okay, that's what I was going to say, blah, 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 things and whatnot. Yes, so I will be back very soon. We might have some special guests next week. Um, hopefully that'll work out. Uh, probably won't because nothing ever does. Yeah. Uh, Hamlet things. Okay, uh, so uh, exunt, uh, namaste, and good evening. Oh, hey, no, I'm not gone. I fucked this up last time. Maybe I forget how long the sticker's been out. Thank you, Mateo, from the Whatcast. Um, I guess it's uh, the Whatcast. Just search for the Whatcast. I didn't do it. But uh, he's at Trekface on Twitter, uh, at the Whatcast. I, I, they've been on this show. Uh, I've been on theirs. Uh, so go listen to them. But uh, thank you very much for Mateo to because uh, uh, he designed the Alexcast sticker, which I think looks badass. Everybody was very complimentary about it. But I totally spaced on thanking him because I thanked him on Twitter and I spaced on thanking him on the episode. And I nearly did it again because it, it, and that'd be extra annoying because I just went on that whole thing about how I have to do everything by myself. No, that's not true. Mateo helped me. Look at him. Mateo being Mateo-y. Also, Tyler. Tyler's fantastic. He helps me a lot because he is a lovely man. And Ricky. Uh, at uh, Bobcast, space, space Goat. I do get help. I take all that back. It's the, the on-air stuff is is the thing. And I'm like, oh, well, in my complaining, I have uh, cast aspersions upon all the... You should see the arm motions I'm making. It's very dramatic and Shakespearean. I've cast aspersions on the focus that have uh, uh, helped... <sighs> at Trekface. At the Whatcast. Mateo. Thank you. Okay, I'm seriously done this time. And I'm not going to put that song at the end. You can find the link. Bye.